Welcome to the Lives of Courage podcast with me, Jessica Stong. Each week, we'll look at ways to choose courage every day, as I know even the smallest acts of strength matter. Through inspiration and action, we can grow into who we are truly meant to be. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Today's podcast, Understanding Your Brain. I wanted to follow up last week's mindfulness topic as really understanding your brain go hand in hand. It is arguably the greatest challenge of our time. So I think the more we can learn, the more we can use that knowledge to grow and expand and help ourselves and others like our children stay mindful and learn to be fully integrated, healthy, and whole. In today's podcast, I want to give you a brief overview of how the brain works, as well as some practical tools for increasing your brain health. I'm also offering the opportunity for you to download an additional resource to help your children understand their brains, so please stay tuned. First, we know our brains allow us to learn, see, remember, hear, perceive, understand, and create language. It's such an exciting time for brain research as there are so many people today studying how we acquire, perceive, process, and store information. This can range from exploring how we learn language to understanding the interplay between cognition and emotion. We can look at the specific areas of the brain, the cerebellum, the brainstem, and the cerebrum. The cerebrum is the largest part of the brain and it is composed of the right and left hemispheres. We, I, it helps me to think of the left hemisphere as logical, linear, linguistic, literal, all the L's. And the right hemisphere is able to sense emotions and information from the body. It's nonlinear, it's nonverbal. It can put things in context and help us see the whole picture. Um, you know, trying to take test over brain um, development is quite challenging when asked to, to memorize all these specific areas. I'm going to try to keep it as simple as possible, but there's nothing simple about understanding the brain. Anyway, the cerebral hemispheres have distinct fissures which divide the brains into lobes. Each hemisphere has four lobes, the frontal, the temporal, the parietal, and the occipital. So um, our frontal performs those higher uh, functions like interpreting touch, vision, hearing, as well as speech, reasoning, emotions, learning, and fine control of movement. All, I'm sorry, not just the frontal, but all of those. Um, we Henry will say, sweet little Henry, we've talked about brain development and um, areas of your brain. And so when he um, gets irate and I'm like, Henry, take a deep breath. I, I, I need you to calm yourself, calm your body. What are you feeling? He'll always say, I can't feel anything. I have no control over my prefrontal cortex. That's, a, that's an exceptional child who then can justify, you know, bad decision-making by using um, brain uh, 
structures uh, uh, against me. So it's always a fun challenge to work with a child like that. So anyway, I could go on and on about the different functions, but I will just focus today on executive function and self-regulation skills, which are the mental processes that enable us to plan, focus, our attention, remember instructions. Um, Some of us, it's harder for others, juggle multiple tasks successfully. Um, These skills are controlled by the frontal lobe. Executive functioning helps you manage your time. And just like an air traffic controller at a busy airport that safely manage the arrivals and departures of many aircrafts on multiple runways, the brain needs the skill to filter distractions, prioritize tasks, set and achieve goals. So we think about this also as the frontal lobe helps us control impulses. We know the frontal lobe doesn't develop fully until mid-20s. So when we're asking kids, and we'll get into this later, but when we're asking kids, um, you know, you need to control yourself, they their frontal lobe literally has not developed fully yet. So how, but anyway, I'll get off my soapbox. We know that executive function and self-regulation skills depend on three types of brain function, working memory, mental flexibility, and self-control. These functions are highly interrelated and the successful application of executive functioning skills requires them to operate in coordination with each other. Each type of executive functioning skill draws on elements of the other. So we know that there's more than just one form of memory, but we're going to talk about working memory, which is our ability to govern um, and, and retain and manipulate distinct pieces of information over short periods of time. And then when we look at mental flexibility, it helps us sustain or shift our attention and response to different demands or apply different rules in different settings. And then comes self-control, which enables us to set priorities and resist impulsive actions or responses. People uh, like me with ADHD often struggle with these skills, even undiagnosed we still struggle with these skills, right? They're just challenging and and it's what we teach our kids to learn. But we know that we can wire in and support and develop these areas and also create workarounds to support executive functioning issues. What really helps us is that technologies are giving us unprecedented insight into the brain. We look at functional magnetic Resonance imaging, that's very hard for me to say, fMRIs, which track changes in blood flow in the brain and allows us to see brain areas that light up in response to activities and we can then map functions. You can actually look at what brain lights up when uh, asking someone to work on um, memory tasks. It's just incredible. So through all of this, um, I just wanted to say a few things that we know. The neurons in your brain make enough electricity to generate a low-watt light bulb. That sends children into hysterics and some adults. It's quite interesting. And we know that your neurons are joined by tiny pathways or roads. When you do something a lot, like, I don't know, 
ride your bike. That's, that's, that's all I can think of. Drive a car, the pathways in your brain that send messages about bike riding or driving or strengthening. This is sort of like a walking path that you walk on every day and like you wear out the grass, wear down the grass because you've walked it and it's just natural, automatic. So if you don't do something very often, the pathway becomes weak. Imagine an old pathway filled with like weeds. So then you have to like walk over these big weeds and it takes longer and you have to, you know, there's limbs along your pathway. So practice really does make perfect because it strengthens neuropathways. So if you're not good at uh, math or accounting, start practicing. Chances are you will get better. Now, we'll get into a conversation versus childhood learning versus adult learning, but it matters. It matters to us all. Practice and rewiring those neural networks matters. So your brain also, this is a great one for kids, sends more messages every day than all the phones in the world. So that's a lot of texting. <laughs> and messages can fly from nerves to your brain, or nerves in your body to your brain at more than 150 miles per hour. So as we discussed during childhood, the brain gets wired up, essentially. And during adolescence, the frontal lobe undergoes a surge of development. And as adults, the most important trait of the brain is plasticity. It is the ability of the brain to adapt in response to new experiences. As an adult, there are often a number of new things for us to contend with. For me, example, how to do a podcast, how to do Instagram, how to do statistics for my um, graduate course, um, what to do with children, what to do with children with learning disabilities, financial responsibilities, the list goes on. But new findings on the adult brain establish two principles. First, the adult brain, brain continues to grow and development through, develop throughout our entire life. Second, brain development in adulthood is shaped mostly by outside stimuli. This new thinking means that we can do healthy workouts for our brain as well as our bodies. So what can we do to help our brains, right? We all know these things. I, I'm sure of it, but I'm just going to say it. So we leave no stone unturned. So it is experience new things. Um, the brain is capable of making new connections throughout our lives. So learn something new, build those new pathways. Um, and when you maintain old skills and develop new ones, like ah, learning to play a musical instrument, learning a foreign language, it really does help. I also believe that socialization really helps um, our brain develop and exercise. Uh, uh, the brain and the body are connected. New studies indicate that exercise stimulates new growth cells, um, cell growth in the brain, increasing mental abilities 20 to 30 percent. When you exercise, blood flow to the brain is increased. Your brain also releases hormone that, that can help you learn. So get moving to get smarter. And this is one area of my life that I'm really working on. I don't know if you've ever done a wheel of life. And I have, I, I, I have pretty great equality in all the areas except um, this exercise portion. So I'm going to put this on a 
post-it note to remember and that will motivate motivate me to exercise you might i it's interesting to think about what motivates us and guess what we'll get to that on another podcast anyway sleep a good night's sleep is crucial for proper brain function. Some of us need more, some of us need less. Your job is to know how much your brain needs and get it. Drink plenty of water. The brain works best when properly hydrated. Uh, eat a healthy diet. You know, we know this. Eat fish. Take fish oil. Just do it. And most importantly, learn about your brain. Okay, so that being said, the human brain also can fail us. I love the book, My Stroke of Insight, A Brain Scientist's Journey, Personal Journey by Jill Bolt Taylor. It is incredible. Jill was 37 years old. She was a Harvard-trained brain scientist when she experienced a massive stroke in the left hemisphere of her brain. And we'll remember that the left hemisphere of her brain is the logical, linear, linguistic, and um, logical and what a literal part of her brain. So as she observed her brain deteriorate to the point that she couldn't walk, talk, read, write, or recall any of her life, all within four hours. So she, and, and she's, I remember reading about her thinking, oh my gosh, I'm having a stroke. Isn't this interesting? I'm the one having a stroke. And so she alternated between euphoria of the intuition and kinesthetic right brain in which she felt a sense of complete well-being and peace and the logical left brain which recognized that she was having a stroke and enabled her to seek help before she was completely lost. But the story of which or how she sought help with just shocking. And I'm going to link to her TED talk as well in the blog um, notes associated with this podcast that every need, everybody needs to watch this TED talk. But anyway, it t- took her eight years to fully recover. And she talks about in this book and the brain makeup with explanations and sketches of the regions and hemispheres of the brain. Most, most of her focus is on the right and left hemispheres. Um, and she explains how they process information in uniquely different ways, but work together in practically every action we undertake. So she also shares what happened as she was suffering from her stroke and how her mom took care of her. It was su- such a beautiful just testament to love and what resiliency can do. Um, And she states in her book that it's not about the stroke, but it is about, um, quote, the beauty and resiliency of our human brain because of it is because of its innate ability to constantly adapt to change and recover function. So as she says in her TED talk, which I... It's, it's, I just can't encourage you enough to check it out. She says um, that our right hemisphere is all about the present moment. It's about the right here, right now. Our right hemisphere, it thinks in pictures, it learns kinesthetically through movement of our bodies. Information in the form of energy, she says, streams in simultaneously through all of our sensory systems 
and then it explodes into this enormous collage of what this present moment looks like, what this present moment smells like and tastes like, what it feels like and smells like. My left hemisphere, our left hemisphere, she says, is a very different place. Our left hemisphere is all about the past she goes on, and it's also about the future. But what um, really got me is that she says, so who are we? We are the life force of the universe with manual dexterity and two cognitive minds. And we have the power to choose moment by moment who and how we want to be in the world. Oh, I, I need to watch or listen to this or put this up every day because it reminds me of the power of our brain and the ability that we get to choose to, to process and experience integration and support integration. I also want to bring your attention to a couple of books by Dan Siegel. Siegel I've spoken to him before about this book, Parenting from the Inside Out, and how it changed me. But I also want to mention two more. Um, first, The Whole Brain Child, a book whose principles and teachings I use a lot with Henry. Um, in it, he talks about the two sides of the brain, the two authors, I'm sorry, it's not just Daniel Siegel, um, allowing them to work together as a team. We don't want to be working from only a left brain perspective, which would result in an emotional desert. But we don't want to also then only respond and and it, or get set in a right brain perspective, which can produce a disaster of emotions. So if you think about it, when all of your, your brain or your child's brain are working together, they experience integration. You can experience integration. You thrive and you might be able to notice that during these times of integration that you or your children seem to handle setbacks and disappointments better with a sense of calm. It is in this integration that we and our children have the patience and the insight to be able to work through our frustrations, our challenges, we can learn so much about what our brains are capable of and as well as managing our limitations to support growth. The other piece that I wanted to talk about um, by Daniel Siegel is Mindsight, the New Science of Personal Transformation. So in the words of Dr. Daniel Siegel, he says, Mindsight is a kind of focus attention that allows us to see the internal workings of our minds without being swept away by them. In this work in interpersonal neurobiology, we see well-being as a function of the interdependence between the mind, brain, and relationships. He also draws upon systems of science in an effort to explain how our embodied mind is shaped by biological structures, processes, and functions that influence the cognition, the emotions, and our behavior. And he describes how these dynamics co-function in this context to shape patterns of physical, mental, and relational health. And he talks about the river um, and how we can optimize health and well-being. And if we have a complex and integrated system, it's um, in a phasis flow, just 
to be quick about it, it's flexible, adaptive, coherent, energized, and stable. So I, I mean, he guides people um, through learning about the brain areas, functions, and new discoveries in neuroscience, and then walks through case studies where focused attention was used to boost success and happiness. And that's it. That focused attention, mindfulness, we are able to show up in the world. We can get the results we want. You can achieve well-being through becoming more responsive rather than reactive, observing and improving your behaviors and reaction rather than being controlled by them. This is accomplished by practicing focused attention through meditation and mindfulness practices. And we can do this. I want um, to encourage you this week to learn more about your brain. Continue that mindfulness practice. Learn some new things. I'll include some helpful links and resources in the blog notes too. Um, And I also want for this week's freebie, I'm going to include a the two pages from the Empowering Growth ebook on understanding your brain, um, and it's written for kids, um, and so you it it will show you um, by age group how to take them through an understanding your brain exercise. So you'll be able to download your copy on my website at livesofcourage.com. And you'll also, um, I just encourage you to visit the website, sign up for my newsletter. I'm more than happy to take questions. And as always, thank you so much for spending time with me. I hope you have a great week and I will see you next week, next Monday on the Lives of Courage podcast. I'm so grateful for your time. Take care, all of you. Thanks.